All right, here we have way number eight. Um, second. Way number eight. So this is, for me, I am just so excited about this because uh, I, this is what, this is my, uh, I, you know, I, I, and I, hard, hard, I can far from say I've perfected this, this is something that really speaks to me. Way number eight is joy. Simcha. It's that simple. One of the 48 ways to wisdom is joy. Well, we got to talk about this because if it's a way to wisdom, you know, uh, you know, we got to define it. Is it is it the kind of thing either you got it or you don't? Um, so let's talk about it. Well, no question, joy is power. You know, when a person is happy, you know, they say, you know, uh, you know, you hear when so, sometimes when when athletes retire, it's when they no longer enjoy the game anymore. When you don't, when you're not, when you're not joyful, you're not productive. You're much better in business. There's, there's nothing that doesn't. Joy equals power. So what what's going to be our definition of joy? Well, we know. So we're going to say a joy is something that energizes you, perhaps maybe even euphoric at times. It's a pleasurable thing. Um. So let's talk about, let's give some uh, classic examples and see if they fit in. So let's say you have uh, the Boston Red Sox win the World Series, the Patriots win the, win the Super Bowl. People go crazy, but then you know what happens? I was actually in the ER. I was in the ER um, by a World Series with someone else. And I remember the security guard yelling back to the ER, the Red Sox won, everyone get ready. Doesn't sound like joy. Sounds like more of a hysteria because maybe it's a, it's a jubilance at first, there's a rush, but then it turns into, you know, people can, in their excitement, flip over cars and start fires and that's so not, not joy. Think about New Year's. New Year's biggest party night of the year. But you know what New Year's also is? New Year's is also the night with the most suicides. So we're going to have to get a, a little more of a, a zoomed-in understanding of what, what are we talking about that the joy is a, um, is a way to wisdom. Okay, so I think we're going to talk about is really how to get it. And when we talk about how to get it, I think our definition by the end of uh, half an hour or so, we'll have an, uh, a good take-home definition to help us with the positive type of joy that will really spur us to having uh, much wisdom. So number one is we have to understand that it is a tool. Yes, maybe people are maybe maybe be uh, born with certain uh, natural tendencies, but it is something that can be learned. It's something that it's, it's a tool that can be learned and it could be mastered by anyone. And therefore, what Judaism always teaches, if something can be, um, can be learned and it can be mastered, well, 
then you kind of got to do it. You got to do it if it could be helpful in productive things. In Judaism, there's basically no such thing as parav. Parav means, well, listen, you could do it or you can't. Well, if it's something that's productive and you can do it, then you really got to do it. It's something that we have to uh, employ in our in our in in our lives. You know, it, it's not true. People think it just happens on its own. Either I, I'm happy. It, joy can actually be is within our control. There's a famous statement that a person is to serve God with joy. Now, it can't be a commandment, uh, an instruction, if it's not something that you can that you have control of. So that's number one, to understand that it is a tool, something that can be learned, something that can be mastered. Once you understand that, then you got to think about and reflect a little bit. Number two, when does it happen? When do, when, when do you think for yourself personally or globally, when, when, when do you see joy? Classic examples, dancing, person hits a home run, game-winning shot, person drives their first car out of the, uh, the dealer's lot. Great feeling when you realize when you realize something, when you clarify something, when you get a clean bill of health. These are all things that uh, times when we have joy. So that's something just to think about. When 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 do those times happen? And then once you number three on this is once you have those lists of situations and times that usually elicit that joy, then you got to take the time to think about to differentiate between real joys and illusionary joys. For example, um, you know, when someone wins the lottery, you would say we're all joyous. The person is in a joyous state when they win the lottery. Or are, are you happy when your team wins the World Series? Just think about it. Think about how deep the joy is, how everlasting the joy is on those things that you've identified. Because a lot of times things that we think are really joyful for us are really not necessarily so much. The common denominator you'll find once you do this little bit of introspection about situations that are joyful and ones that are not, you'll find that the, the any time you're, almost any time, or perhaps every time, it's not a good idea to say absolutes, when you um, are in a state of joy, it's that you're anticipating good things to come. You're anticipating a pleasure. You're anticipating something good to happen, right? So that is, think about it when you, when you win the lottery. You won the lottery. I'm excited. I can do anything I want, right? Okay, so you've done this little exercise, and then you move on and you say, you know what, where, where, where do I start? Where do I start? Let's say I'm the person, I'm not experiencing joy in my life as much as I would like. What do I do? Well, if we just identified that the essence of joy is the feeling I have when I'm anticipating more pleasure and good things to come, well... Pay attention in your life. Pay attention and live with joy. And if you have something good coming up, 
exercise your ability to anticipate those good things. You know, most people have some good things going on in their life. You know, if a person takes the time and the focus and the effort to focus and anticipate those good things, they will be more joyful. You know, you can just say to yourself, I'm going to have a great day. You know, you know, don't, and don't worry about, you know, maybe, well, if I think about it now, anticipating, well, when I actually have the good thing, maybe I won't enjoy it as much. No, in fact, you, uh, I, I saw quoted that in that the people who plan their vacations, they get, they, they're actually, you get a more, a more of a richer experience from the actual vacation because of all that positive anticipation, as long as it's positive. Uh, going going forward. So live with that joy. Exercise it. That is something that's in, within a person's power. People may choose to ignore it. People will, may choose to not have their expectations um, be burst. And there's a way to do that healthily. But to anticipate, a lot of things in life are going to happen. And they are good things. We just don't necessarily anticipate them. And number six, really, this is kind of where I just was pointing out that it's good to identify the things that you can anticipate every single day. If you live in a place that is scenic or there's something, and most people have something around you that you like looking at, um, there's uh, that's something you can appreciate every day. In fact, the uh, Jewish prayers every morning, they start off with things that are typical. You can count on them pretty much. You know, the, the, your, your body, your, your senses, and things that pretty much we all take for granted. But the idea is to focus, like, wow, I'm going to have a full day where I can see things. But, you know, so don't, and certainly don't do the opposite. You know, uh, for some reason, if you can't get into a positive, joyful frame of mind, the more you spread it, the more strong it'll be for you, and the more people it will uh, it will affect. You might ask, well, how can I possibly be in a state of joy when um, when the tragedy occurs? Well, person obviously there's certain appropriate and healthy reactions to tragedy, but at, on the aggregate, tragedy is there. It it does serve as a person can grow from tragedy. People can grow and do grow from tragedy. Tragedies typically get you to appreciate when the tragedy doesn't happen. The joy that we can have every day of our life and life stress on the life is that being alive is a joy, is a joyful experience. It, it's 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 a it's it's an enjoyable essence. That's why we were created. We were created to enjoy. In fact, our writings teach us, our rabbis tell us that the actual being in a state of joy is actually human beings' default setting. Look at children. Children, their default setting is happy. They're not happy when they need something. They cry. As soon as they get it, back to the default. They are uncomfortable, default. But they're, the human beings are wired to be joyful. 
the fact that we often are sad or not joyful is something that we learn to do. When we focus on, 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 um, on troubles, that makes us not happy. So that is an incredible uh, fact, which if someone is not happy, you can recognize you're not that far from being happy. That is the default. Yes, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot to work on, but that is really powerful to know that, um, that that's the default. Now, once we see how powerful this is, and that's really at our fingertips, we should take this power. It's so powerful and use it in everything you do. You're going to work, get to a joyous state for when you go to work, your work will be that much more effective and productive. You know, you, if, if you're feeling joyful, you can do things which you have inhibitions about. You can talk to people that you may be shy. You can face it situations, bring it to your studying, bring it to your work, bring it to all your relationships. Joy is, is such a big power. Brother Weinberg would say, don't suffer your problems. Solve your problems. Problems can be concerning, so you have to deal with them. But solve them. Don't no, no reason to suffer with it. No reason to suffer with it. You know, you have a, a disgruntled customer who comes in, who is not happy. There's a good chance to walk out unhappy, right? So, if you can, as much as you could, uh, you can solve problems and don't suffer problems. Now, last week's step was humility, anava. These steps and the 48 ways to wisdom in the Torah are there, in a, there is a progression to them. And there's a reason why humility leads to simcha, leads to happiness. How does it do that? Because when a person is humble, it allows them to be more objective, allows us to be more objective. And when we're objective about a problem, it doesn't have to make us not joyful. For example, I'll tell myself, let's have a young child who's crying and crying and fetching and feeling a real pain. So I could be objective here and be like, one second, I have, if they're crying, that means they're alive. That means I have a child. How many people in the world would love to have a child? A healthy child. This is a wonderful, wonderful gift. Okay. There, there, I don't have to suffer through this. I can try to solve it. If there's something I could do it, I do it. If there's something I can't do, then I can't do. Next point is that there's a famous song which is sung today. It's called Ivdu Es Hashem B'Simcha. Serve God with joy. Now, I thought an explanation that not that serve God with joy, that by definition, serving God is a joyful experience. It actually is the ultimate joy. Why? Because it's the ultimate meaning. And if a person is feeling very meaningful, they will be very joyful. When a person has a cause, it gives them a reason to wake up in the morning. They feel good about it. That and the ultimate one is, is 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 service to God. And if a person does not feel that service to God is doing it, uh, there's a good chance maybe they're not really serving God, and maybe it's something to uh, to look into. Now, 
within that realm of service of God, the most enjoyable thing is Jewish consciousness, studying Torah. Studying Torah is the most enjoyable thing on the planet because that is the essence of meaning. It's the information. It's the, it's the stuff of life. And that's something which when you see the happiest people in the world, truly happy people, people who have, you know, a, a very, like on, on uh, Maslow's hierarchy, it's the richest, most ex extending uh, joy are those studying Torah because you're just connecting constantly uh, and it comes a part of you to this level of joy. So how do you kind of shift through and sift through these type of joys? Because there's so many things in life which are quote unquote fake joys, which we run after and we embrace. And uh, a lot of times they're disappointing, they're counterproductive or they're just uh, not all we thought them were to be. So how do you, how do you, um, and a lot of times there's things that, that are kind of elusive that we, that we, um, that we chase uh, to get, to get uh, those joys that we think we're looking for. So what do you do? You got to think through a, one of those things that were, one of those joys. So for example, why does someone want to win the lottery? Well, like we mentioned before, we didn't tease it out. Well, because they will be able to do, they think they'll be able to do what they want. Well, if that's what you're after, if that is what you're anticipating, then you have to know what you want. See, often people, when they win the lottery within a year, they're back in college. They're back doing some not high-level job. Well, because if all they wanted to do was do whatever they want, after two, three weeks, four, or maybe a couple months, you're done. Because they don't know what you want. Travel the world, I want to enjoy, I want to spend money. Well, it does pretty fast. You buy a fancy car, you buy a few fancy houses, go on a few fancy vacations. What is it that you, you want to be able to do what you want, but what do you want? No, figure out what you want. Now, I can figure out what I want without winning the lottery. And very likely, I can do what I want without winning the lottery. And that, and I can have that joy. Track down as many joys as possible and understand what is it that I get from that? What is it that I'm anticipating when I have that joy? And then very likely, you can get that joy without the thing you think is going to get you there or it's not worth it. Use joy in all problems. When you're stuck in a situation, you got a problem, you can access your joy. Get your joy. Anticipate something. And if you can't solve it, you can allow it to roll off you because why should that make me not happy? There's so much good. There's so much pleasure to anticipate and yes sometimes a person needs to be able to share but you know you don't need to bring down your whole all your family and all your friends because you're you're not in a good spot you can 
sometimes do that. It's helpful, it's productive, it's part of being relationships. But as a rule, you don't need to bring everyone else down. It's, a, it's like a pandemic. And there, there is a pandemic out there. Of, of, of um, we, all, we, all, we all sometimes fall prey to this. And we say in davening every night, in the evening services, the whole essence of life is to acquire wisdom. That is, and that is why life is so good. A person spends time acquiring wisdom. It is an enjoyable exercise. It's meaningful. It broadens you. It makes you expansive. But the thing is, a lot of sometimes someone may say, you know, it doesn't. I've done that. Well, very likely, if you've tried studying Torah, meaning, and, and you haven't really found it to be so enjoyable, it could be you never really knew it, never understood it, maybe you don't remember it. Because if you have, if this Torah, which is supposed to be the, the incredible answer to everything, or, and it's not doing it for you, well, then that's nothing more depressing than that. So the idea is to get wisdom, study it, remember it, make, make it a part of you, hold on to it. Wisdom is power. Wisdom is joy. Now, I think it's self-explanatory at this point. Why are, why is this a total wisdom? Because to, to get wisdom, you need power, you need energy. And joy gives it to you. When a person is not happy, this talking to myself, we all know this. You know, if a person gets to a spot where they're just not, not happy, it's very hard to operate. But on a much, much more uh, sophisticated level, it says in the Torah, many consequences will befall the Jewish people if they don't serve God out of joy. We're talking about someone who serves God, who does what they're supposed to do, but doesn't do it out of joy. Why is that so bad? The reason why it's so negative, because that is why we're alive. Example I heard from Rabbi Weinberg is that let's say, you know, uh, there's something which is important, which is not a good thing. So uh, you give it to a kid, you give it to someone, and you try to get them to do it. You kind of get them to do it. But let's say you give someone ice cream, something really ob apparently objectively enjoyable. And the kid's like, nah, I don't want that. I don't want that. Then you kind of say, okay, well, if you don't want it, you don't have to have it. God gave us a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful world. It's a world to have to, to enjoy. It's a world to, have, to, to, to experience that pleasure and to look forward to tons more of those pleasures. If a person does not take the effort to do that, God may say, that's why you're here. Well, if you're not, uh, you, you could be, we could take something away. That could be enjoyable. The way to keep enjoyable things happening is, by, is to, to enjoy them. So let's remind ourselves, joy is a way, is, is a tool. Joy is something that could be learned, it could be mastered, and therefore we got to do it. it. It's power. It's the anticipation of pleasure. And we can focus on things that uh, we uh, think are fun, and we can see maybe the uh, what we're chasing after is not really even what we want. To know what we want, if we know what we want, 
we can maybe attain it in a much more enjoyable, enjoyable way. The ultimate joy is servicing God. Within that, the ultimate joy is attaining wisdom. It broadens us, makes us expansive. It gives us the ability to let things go. Things don't have to bother us so much. And we all should merit to use this tool to, in fact, be on the way to wisdom. And I think it's very appropriate that Hanukkah starts tomorrow night because Hanukkah is a very joyous time. And, you know, you know, this year, you know, for a lot of people, myself included, you know, it's different. Usually you have one, two, three Hanukkah parties a night. <clears throat> There's a lot of joy. And we, we need that joy this year. And we might actually need to invest um, work into making this Hanukkah an enjoyable Hanukkah. Think about the things you do. You enjoy the candles and the donuts and the latkes and the, the ideas and the prayers, whatever you're going to be doing. Um, I know Product Shorish has two programs, uh, RSVP for Saturday night and Sunday night. Um, and in general, it's just a great holiday. So we should be married to have, in fact, a, a, a very joyous holiday. We should have a Hanukkah miracle. Everyone should be healthy and happy and uh, have a wonderful Hanukkah and a wonderful week. Thank you.